Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Cosmo Happy Hour. It's everything you would talk about with your best friends, from sex to celebrity to entertainment. From the editors of Cosmopolitan.com, this is the Cosmo Happy Hour with Elisa Benson. Cosmopolitan.com recently conducted a survey all about marriage at a young age. The results came pouring in and we realized this is a topic that definitely needs to be discussed further and what better place than the Cosmo podcast. From marriage to divorce, the frequency of sex early in the relationship to years down the line, we learned so much about what young married couples are experiencing, and I can't wait to discuss it today. I'm Elisa Benson. This is Cosmopolitan.com's Happy Hour Podcast, and today we're talking about 20-something marriage. Joining me on the panel is Cosmopolitan.com's Features Editor and my dear friend, Emma Barker. Hi, Emma. Hi. And I should say frequent podcast guest. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so Emma, tell us, this was your sort of undertaking. Um, what was the study all about and what was your biggest takeaway from the survey? Yeah, so the idea behind the survey was um, came from some questions we get from readers a lot. Uh, mainly that, you know, you talk about your relationships a lot with your friends um, until you get married. Mm-hmm. And then you it feels kind of taboo to talk about your marriage um, or you feel like you have to present it as super happy because you made this lifelong commitment. Right. Um, so it's not very, like, realistic. Right. Um, and, yeah, I think that's, like, a really – I mean, having never been married myself, but I think that's a really good point. It's, like, that sort of cliche of, like, brunch talk with your girlfriends and, like, talking about your sex life or talking about all the dates you went on. It's just, like, you don't talk about your husband in the same way. Yeah. Um And also, I can say as a single person, I feel like I project a little bit of that too. Whereas I'm like, oh well, like your married life is your married life; it's always the same. You have not you you have no new stories for me. Yeah, exactly. But it results in a lot of um, misinformation and confusion on the part on the behalf of single single. I mean, men as well, but you know, we specialize in women, right? Um, What are men? (laughs) Who knows? Yeah. Uh, So a lot of single women don't really have a realistic view of what marriage is like Mm. um especially as young women who don't you know maybe some of half of their friends are getting married and half of them aren't and they're only really hearing from the ones that aren't um and the the information that they're getting from the ones who are married are just like everything's great right Um, right. which isn't very realistic and then maybe that you know we get a lot of um questions from people who have just gotten married of like oh this is really hard and I didn't like I thought it would I just be great prepared. because that's all I hear about marriage yeah so we wanted to kind of dispel those myths and a good way to do that we thought was with a survey which is anonymous um so people were more willing to be really honest um yeah. with their responses and we asked the you know some kind of brutally honest questions about their sex lives about how often they fight about whether they've threatened divorce to their spouse, Mm. um, the kind of things that you would never talk about with your friends. Right, right. And what was the biggest, what was the sort of like most shocking finding for you? Um, I think one of the most surprising things was that, you know, you hear 
the like big joke about married sex is like men want like sex to women stop being interested in sex after they get married right. and it's always like the man being like oh my wife won't right. put out anymore right, right, right. um but actually one of the finding our biggest findings was that 50 percent of married women in their 20s wish they were having more sex so that's on both sides yeah both men and women who are in their 20s wish they were having more sex but aren't um and these stats also show that married couples in their 20s do have more sex than their single counterparts just Mm. because they have a go-to partner right there's someone in bed (laughs) right next to you at all times there's someone always there yeah but something that was really interesting is you know you hear you also hear a lot about um once you have a kid then you're too tired for sex and you're Mm. never you're never having sex um but we actually saw that a lot of people as pretty much as soon as they get married were saying i'm too tired for sex we don't have enough sex Mm. and so something we've been looking into is why that is you know why are you suddenly too tired for sex right as soon as you get married why does marriage make you tired and we were specifically you know you would think well maybe older people are getting married they're more tired because they're old right um but we were specifically looking at married people in their 20s right that's really interesting Mm -hmm. so sort of a little like nugget of an idea to be further explored yeah it also reminds me of the infamous cosmopolitan.com piece by cosmo frank about (laughs) tired women yes (laughs) women are always too tired yeah yeah it's true yeah um but i'm tired also always too tired yeah so that applies to men as well yeah and also like lazy yeah yeah (laughs) and then another finding that i found surprising was regarding sending nudes Mm. um which you know, you mostly associate that with uh, single people, right. like sexting or whatever, right? Um, as a kind of casual hookup type right. thing. Us moralist single people, yes, sending our nudes to anyone who wants them, and even people who don't. Yeah, but we yeah. actually found that um, a really high percentage of married twenty-somethings send their partners nudes. Right. Um, and another interesting finding <laughs> was that women don't like getting dick pics. Even if they know the dick. <laughs> you you know, I guess Even I... Even the dick you're married to. Yeah. I guess you always thought that uh, dick, you know, dick pics were unappealing because you're just getting it unsolicited. From like randos. Yeah. yeah. Which... Interesting. Apparently, even a dick you love is unappealing <laughs> in a sext. So... <laughs> so men, is this... Men, do men know about this? Yeah. Everyone tell one man you know. <laughs> But I no wonder if the reason face. is because men are, like, bad at photography. Oh, that's true. <laughs> like, maybe the presentation is off. Right, 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 right. It's like, if there's some, like, better lighting happening. Like, make an Instagram wall for your Yeah, dad. exactly. Like, find that flamingo wallpaper background. <laughs> yeah. It's at that, like, shuffleboard place Get in Brooklyn. Get some good lighting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, well, there's so much we can dive into in this topic. I think already the sort of top line results of the survey have been really interesting. So let's go ahead and call up a few of our friends. What yeah. you say? Love it. All right. Our first guest today is a millennial love expert, which is way more than I can say for myself. She's also a licensed mental health counselor, relationship counselor, and dating consultant who works with individuals and couples to help their love lives thrive. She tackles all relationship issues from breaking up to dating, increasing relationship satisfaction, and coping with infidelity. She's a a contributing expert for a number of outlets, including The Today Show, The Huffington Post, Brides Magazine, and more on the line to share with us her expert opinion on our marriage survey from lovesuccessfully.com is Samantha Burns. Hi, Samantha. Hey, how's it going today? Good. How are you? Where are you calling from? 
I'm calling from Boston, Massachusetts. Oh, our neighbor up north or something. I don't know. <laughs> yep, not too far away. <laughs> so, Samantha, we're talking all of, on the episode today about this survey that Cosmopolitan did that kind of focused specifically on the secret married lives of 20-somethings. You know, I think a lot of people know the sort of larger trends around marriage, which is that people are getting married later. And, you know, there are reasons for this. And um, we actually just did a whole episode of the podcast about women changing their names. But the point of the survey was really to get inside the minds of these married couples and sort of find out the secret things that are happening that they're not talking to um, their friends about or maybe feel like they feel pressure to sort of upkeep this idea of a perfect marriage. Um, So one of the major findings that the survey highlighted, which we hear from relationship experts all the time, is that many couples lack good communication. What would you say to young couples who have married and maybe in a rocky place? Because everyone sort of knows that, that communication is important, but it can still be hard. You cut out a little bit. Did you say that the good communication... Yeah, you know, I think all couples have heard how important communication is, but that can still be so difficult. You know, what are some advice that you have for young couples who are in a rocky place? Sure. So first I would tell young couples that they're certainly not alone. I mean, almost every couple that's come in to work with me, whether they're in their early 20s or even late 40s, um, they could be arguing about money, sex, infidelity, but the problem management all boils down to communication. And in fact, there's this really popular couple therapist who does a lot of research. His name is John Gottman, and he found that 69% of relationship conflict is due to perpetual problems. That might be based in differences in your personality or lifestyle. So what this means for people is that it's not necessarily realistic to think that you are going to solve the problem. So the solution lies in managing the problem through effective communication. So these communication tools are so important for couples and a lot of people, you know, we we don't go to school and learn about, you know, effective communication skills, even though they're vital to the success of our relationship. So I'll just keep it short, but I'll give you a few tips that I teach my clients. Um, and they start around the acronym of LOVE, so L-U-V, which is perfect for couples. So L stands for listen, U stands for understand, and V stands for validate. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by this is to effectively communicate, you have to actively listen to your partner. So giving them your full attention, stop scrolling on Facebook or Instagram, put your phone down, make eye contact with your partner and nod along to show that you're listening. Then to understand, you have to be able to, once your partner tells you how they're feeling, to kind of paraphrase it back to them or summarize what your partner just told you so that you can show to them that you really understand what they're saying. And this also gives your partner the opportunity to say, yes, you got it. You know how I'm feeling. Or they might say, no, let me clarify or let me elaborate on this. And then the V for validate is really validating your partner's emotional experiences. So it's important to remember it's not about being right or wrong or disputing the facts of an argument. It's about stepping into your partner's reality and saying, I understand that you're feeling hurt or angry. And it's showing that um, that you get their emotional experience. So again, not disputing the facts, but that you understand the way your partner is feeling because everyone is entitled to those feelings. So I think those are some great just basic 
effective communication skills that anyone can start with. Yeah, it sounds so easy when you say it. <laughs> yeah. So one of the one of the findings of our survey was that um, we found that a lot of young couples, especially, um, threatened divorce in the heat of a fight. Um, but those same couples also say that their marriages are generally happy and they didn't mean it. Um, but it happens again and again. Um, and I wonder if you've uh, encountered, uh, you know, talked to couples where this happens. And does threatening divorce in a heated situation have, you know, even if you revisit and say, I didn't mean it, I just, you know, was heated. Um, does that have negative or positive repercussions down the road? And does, does it even matter if both people are generally happy in, in the relationship? Sure. Well, I think, number one, yes, of course, I think it matters if people are happy in their relationship, um, because the same age we're in, you know, we get married more so for the quality of the relationship and less so because, you know, it's taboo or stigma to have, you know, kids outside of wedlock or because we feel like we have to be married before we own a home together. So right now, a lot of millennials and definitely the older millennials, but those young millennials, like I, I definitely think that we should wait a little longer um, in order to get married for love and for the quality of the relationship. And so when people throw out the word divorce, it's actually really toxic to the foundation of your marriage and relationship. I think that when you throw out the divorce, it really the D word, it really rocks that safety and security and trust in your relationship. And um, it makes people insecure that you might leave. So if you should never use the word divorce. And if you are thinking about divorce, seriously, then it's time to have a sit down conversation, communicate, maybe go to a counselor or therapist to help you work through the issue. But it should never just be used as a job and an argument to, you know, elicit a response from your partner. So basically don't use the word divorce <laughs> unless you've thought about it for like three days and right. you're not immediately heated. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. It shouldn't be used. Sometimes people throw it out just because they want to shut their partner up or they, you know, want to hurt them. And that's definitely not cool. Mm-hmm. I am not to take this conversation to a dark place, but I have more questions about divorce. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously I've not been married. So this is just like, I don't really know. But Samantha, you know, in terms of, I would imagine like throwing around the word, throwing around the D word and the heat of the argument is one thing, but I would think for most couples who get divorced, it is something that one or both parties have been thinking about for a significant amount of time. If you're in a relationship and you're having those thoughts, is that normal? Like, is you know, for instance, I would say in any job, even if you have a job you love, we all have quitting fantasies and that doesn't mean we necessarily want to leave. I would imagine to some extent that is also true for married people, but I don't know. If you know, how do you know if you're having thoughts about divorce or questioning your decision, if that is something you should take seriously or if that's sort of a normal part of making a serious life change? Sure. So I don't think um, I like to steer clear of the word normal just because I think everyone has unique experiences. But I think in general, when you're committed to the relationship and things are good, you're often spending your time thinking about making future plans together or life goals or you're investing into the relationship and really that's like date one for me (laughs) so when you're questioning divorce i think you know it does kind of signify a problem because you wouldn't be having those thoughts if you were 
satisfied or feeling really, you know, intimate and connected with your partner. So usually if you have the thoughts of the divorce crossing your mind, um, take a look at your intimacy and what might be lacking emotionally. Are you feeling disconnected or is the resentment building up? And those are the kinds of things where divorce is like the, the very last outcome. And there's so much you can do to prevent it or Again, it all starts with that communication at the beginning. Sometimes it just takes saying, hey, I've been feeling really disconnected this week and finding a way to do something to connect, whether it literally be a big hug. Um, Research shows that six-second hugs can release oxytocin and make us feel much more connected to our partners. Or you might need a date night or, you know, a more significant intervention. But you have to speak up. It's not good to let those thoughts of divorce just sit in the back of, your mind and sit there in silence that makes sense so another another big worry that we found um and this was you know the the divorce thing was kind of across both genders but another thing we found is that 20 something women who are married are two times more likely than 20 something men to worry about their spouse cheating on them Mm. um why do you think i mean have a have you noticed that 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 that's a bigger concern for women and also um why do you think women are so much more worried about their spouse cheating than men are sure so i'm actually glad you asked me that because i completed my master's thesis on uh, gender differences in infidelity and counseling a couple through an affair so this is like the perfect topic for me um and you've devoted your life's work to cheating (laughs) (laughs) yes so i guess statistically um it is more common in research uh to show that men are more likely to stray than women although it's really hard to do infidelity research because so many people underreport it or lie about it so it's hard to really get accurate numbers but what we do know is that men tend to cheat for more physical reasons because they're attracted physically to someone or because they are dissatisfied with the lack or quality of sex in their relationship so they seek it outside of the marriage whereas women do stray but they're more likely to cheat because of emotional reasons so feeling disconnected from their partner for feelings of love or connection with someone with someone outside of the relationship um and so there's also there's emotional infidelity and physical infidelity and research shows both are just as damaging to a marriage that can lead to divorce or a breakup in a relationship. So I think that, um, you know, we, both both genders cheat. Men tend to cheat a little more and due to physical reasons. So I wonder, you know, if the women in your survey are report, reporting worrying about it more you know, well, why are they worrying? Is it because they feel like maybe their sex life isn't great right now and they worry their husband might be straying or they're feeling disconnected? And so if they're feeling disconnected, they're wondering, well, is my partner feeling disconnected and are they, you know, taking action to go outside of the marriage? Yeah, well, it seems like if, um, you know, if men mostly cheat for physical reasons, that seems like a more heat of the moment kind of thing where you're, you know, out at a bar, you've had a couple drinks and you see a hot girl and you just like hook up with her. Um, Whereas an emotional hookup, like if women are when women cheat probably is like a slower build. 
So I wonder if women are more concerned because it seems like men could just like go out and cheat at any moment. Right. Whereas like an impulse. Yeah. Whereas with women cheating, like maybe men are concerned about it, but they feel like they'll see it coming. Yeah. I I also just kind of feel like that's a little bit baked into the culture. This idea that like kind of like all men are cheaters. You know, we just we see that depicted in pop culture so often. And like we've all witnessed it with our own eyes, too. Like we've been at bars and seen men sort of like slip a wedding ring into their like pocket or whatever um yeah and men are just disgusting (laughs) so that's that's my thought on that there who don't cheat but (laughs) who samantha give me names and i think you know it all comes down to setting boundaries around your relationship so you know the majority of our day is not spent with our partner we can develop emotional or physical connections with coworkers, with someone at the bar if we're not out with our spouse like it happens all the time so it's more so you taking the responsibility to set appropriate boundaries and commitment to to not cheat and that's like a decision every day to to remain faithful to remain in your relationship to choose to be together so just because you're married it's not just a, a given that all things will be kittens and rainbows it takes you know active effort every day it takes as you said earlier l-u-v That's so cute. I'm going to remember that. Well, Samantha, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing all your um, wisdom and your advice. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me, guys. This is some great research you did. Thank you. Talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Jet is a shopping site that makes it easy to save money on the stuff you buy all the time. This is my favorite thing about it. Are you guys ready for this? Prices drop as you shop. The more you add to your cart, the more you save. I think every store in the world should work that way, but Jet is one that actually does. You get free shipping on orders over $35 and free returns within 30 days. You get two-day delivery on thousands of everyday essentials, and there's no membership or annual fees or weird things like that. You get all the benefits without paying an extra price. They have 24-7 customer service. That's one of the things they're super proud about with their Jet head team in Salt Lake City. I love using Jet because I have a roommate and so we're constantly doing things like needing to stock up on the essentials like sparkling water and toilet paper and it's just so much easier if we can do that all digitally it makes it easier to send you know figure out the bills etc etc we can shop from our couches order it everything is there two days later and we don't pay a dime on shipping they have a great selection comparative prices and easy ways to save money and as I mentioned earlier I just love that the more you shop the more you save especially if you spend way too much money shopping on the internet as I do. For $10 off your first three orders over $35, visit jet.com and enter promo code COSMO at checkout. Once again, for $10 off your first three orders over $35, visit jet.com and enter promo code COSMO. Terms and conditions apply. See jet.com for details. And just one more time, for $10 off your first three orders over $35, visit jet.com and enter promo code COSMO. My next two guests on the line are, in fact, married to each other. They actually got engaged while still in high school. Welcome, high school sweethearts, Diana and Danny. Hi, guys. Hello. Where are you guys calling from? We are calling from Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, my sister lives there, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> um, so how long have you guys been, been married now? 
Uh, it'll be 10 years in September. Oh, Whoa. my gosh. And you've been engaged since you were in high school. Yeah, we, we got engaged um, our senior year in high school. Oh, my God. You guys are a success story. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. <laughs> so how old were you when you first started dating? Um, I was just turning uh, four, excuse me, 15. Oh, my God. Wow. No dating. And so, wait, Danny, are you an older man? <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm 30 right now. Yeah. So when I, when I got married, I was 21. She was 18. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, so you guys met, did you guys meet in school then? Like sitting next to each other in math class? <laughs> like, how we did actually, it happen? <laughs> <laughs> no, we actually met at our church. Okay. Okay. And so. You guys were friends through church. What was your biggest yeah. challenge with marrying at 18? Um, biggest thing was going into, for like for me, going into adulthood, just turning 18, going into adulthood, not really knowing what to expect or kind of where my path of life was going to go. Obviously, at that moment, it can go a variety of ways. So um, I decided to go down the married route. Hmm. Um and we both were uh, going to college, so Danny was already um, had finished um, his associate's degree, and I was just entering um, college to get my associate's degree. Um, so, yeah, I think the the biggest thing was just learning what life is like with another person there all the time, and getting used to that. Do you think that was easier to adapt to at a young age than it might have been? if you'd gotten married later? I I would say, based on our circumstances, I'd say yes. Granted, um, like the first year of marriage, we actually lived in our in our parents' basement. We rented out that for a year, oh, okay. and then we got our own place. So, I mean, the at, at least that portion of it, I think, made it a, a little bit easier to kind of, you know, navigate through. Yeah. Um, but overall, I mean, we had, like I, like she said, we had been dating for a while, so we were used to being with each other all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in a way, kind of like our faith made it even easier to just go into it, you know, th- saying, hey, yeah, I'm with this person. I, I want to be with this person for the rest of my life. And it just, it seemed right. Yeah. Okay. And then since we were just entering, like, adulthood, it's not like we had our own places, like our own, like set up, like a lot of people will have their own apartment and have like their set lifestyle of how they do things. Like us, we kind of walked into it together and made it together. So it was more like flexible for us, I feel. Yeah, we, we got to plan a lot of those things together. Like, hey, here's our first place, you know, buying the furniture and all that stuff, you know. Yeah. We did all that together. All that together from the did- very beginning. Yeah. Since you had been dating for a, quite a while before you got married, were there any, um, like, conflicts that came up only after you got married? Um, in between, a, in, in a relationship, you mean? Yeah, you know, like you, any you're, any you're... new fights that you started yeah, getting after sort of you got married. Ways oh, yeah. that marriage well, Yeah, because <laughs> then you have cooking, like, who's in charge of the cooking? Like, is that person going to clean all the dishes, or is it a teamwork operation, or... I am more of the messier one, so I'm not very particular in folding clothes right after I wash them. And Danny is one of those where 
you, you can do laundry, you fold the clothes right away. So that, you know, getting used to kind of those, I'd say, smaller things but are big things because, you know, you, you yeah. have a set way of doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And just to clarify, it's not that I wanted her to do it or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just like, hey, she's too messy when I'm mad, you know, so yeah. it, it, got, it, it came to be a little bit of a compromise. Like, all right, well. I can do some. I can do these things if she doesn't like to do it, and, and vice versa. You know, right? Yeah. So one of the things we're talking about today in the podcast is a big survey that Cosmo just did about people who got married in their twenties. Um, and so you guys sort of even actually beat that by a few years. But one of the reasons that at Cosmo we wanted to do this survey was we found that when people are single, they tend to talk a lot about their dating and sex lives with their friends. But once you're married, it sort of becomes people are less likely to talk about that. And Diana, I'm curious for you, you know, I'm sure that since you got married at a young age, you know, a lot, you probably still have a lot of friends who are single and dating. Mm -hmm. Did you ever feel like it was weird when people were sharing stories about that, like that you couldn't talk about married life or, you know, did that create any weirdness with your friends? It totally did. So, um, because then you'd hear about their fights and like arguments that they had with with their boyfriend or girlfriend and then it's like oh yeah well we argued too but it's not like we can walk away from each other like you still have to sleep in the same bed right you can't just leave the house you know You, you have to learn to work through things together so um that always made it weird for sure um obviously when it came to like the sexual relationship like that I was able to talk about, but not so much as, hey, I had this fling last night. It was more of I'm with the same partner and not having any worries about getting any, catching anything from anyone else. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it it definitely added to that. And then, or people wouldn't feel comfortable to talk to me about it because it's like, oh, you're this married woman now. And then that kind of lost, like, I was 18. Like, now I was look more as this older person rather than this young person and even like once I turned 21 it's like okay but you're married now like there I don't know it, it seemed like to change everything about me um in the eyes of my friends and that yeah did you turn to any new people for advice on marriage or just like as a support system because you couldn't talk to your friends as much about it yeah um well through our, our church you know we really have leaned on a lot of friends and older married couples um, because no one around our age was was married. And so even through our friends, um, like, at church, they got married in their mid-20s and that. So it was a little bit different for them to kind of understand what we were going through. But we had the similarities as far as issues going on in marriage. Um, so that was more typical. So it was easier to lean on them and to kind of, vent when I needed to and then have them, you know, kind of understand and then also give advice and encouragement um, with suggestions on what to do and stuff like that. So do you feel like you had kind of the same marriage issues as your older friends who were married? Or were did you have unique issues because you were a young married couple? Um, I guess I would say that... Um, we had some similar, but then also some newer ones just because we were younger and everyone around our age, especially like our friends from high school, they were more into that party scene going out all the time. And 
we really weren't into that. So, you know, we we go out with friends, but then it's like, well, we're going to go back home. Like, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. I guess not late night people and stuff. And then focusing more on going to vacations and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to travel a lot more um, than I guess my friends were, were doing. So a lot of my friends weren't traveling around. They weren't really getting out to experience the world. And that was kind of the and in, in, in my goal to get out to explore the world. Mm-hmm. And so you guys are in an interesting position because you both are still in the grand scheme of things very young, but you also have, what did you say at this point, 10 years of married life yep. under your belt. Yep. Um, so what is your number one piece of advice for couples who are getting married young? Patience, or I would say definitely patience. Um, it, it's definitely not going to be, you know, all pretty and stuff or, or everything that you expect. Um, but if you have that patience, I'd say that is the number one thing that you'd, you're going to get. Because, I mean, if, if you get into it, I mean, I would hope that you're getting into this early marriage because of the fact that you love that person truly. Yeah. And if you do, then it's going to be, it's not going to be as hard as it looks on paper. But at the same time, there will be those difficulties that every relationship will face, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of having patience and, and having the maturity to, you know, be able to work through it. Definitely. Diana, what about you? I would say um, for communication, um, that's a huge thing. So being able to talk about what is upsetting you, um, what has bothered you, um, but also making sure to remember things that are making you happy. So one thing that Danny and I have always done is, set goals for our lives. So we did a one-year goal, we did five-year goals, and then 10-year goals. So, oh my gosh, you guys are you know, the most five... organized married people. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> what so, was your one-year that... goal? Oh, yep. What? What was your, for instance, what was your one-year goal? To get our own place. Ah, so, check. Yep, and, and if it could be done before that, then then great. So we ended up getting, getting into our own apartment, and so I was like, all right, great. Um, another one was to go on a vacation that year. So mm-hmm. we ended up going to Disney World on our first oh, year. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> and then five-year goal was to buy a house and whatever we needed to do to work to that. And, and that way, it's it's something that's achievable, but then you're looking forward to it and it's not completely impossible. So, you know, obviously you have to make some adjustments and sacrifices to, to get to that. Yeah, um, and it's amazing that it sounds like you guys have accomplished all your goals so far. Which, what are you working on now? What's the next goal? Or is it like a wish <laughs> and you're not allowed to tell us? <laughs> no, no. Right now we're kind of just, well, we just had our baby. <gasps> Congratulations. Yeah. 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 So we have a one-year-old. We have a one-year-old, so that's a big one. Yeah. So now we're kind of like, after this first year of, of parenthood, we are like, second whoa. One, second one. No, no, no. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> we were kind of working through that and just, you know, learning, as you can, as you see. Yeah. You would I, say. I would also think that, you know, I think it's common, all my friends who are married say this again and again, that as soon as you get married, people are like, when are you having a baby? Like, that can yeah. be really common. Oh, yeah. And you guys that. probably got that times a thousand because it sounds like you were oh, married for goodness. a while. That, yeah. Every day, 24-7, <laughs> it seemed like, yeah. you know, and, and especially because we were married for eight years before we finally... Right. you know had a kid yeah so you did you have to like with family 
because of all the external pressure did you have to like talk yourselves out of having a baby for a long time like <laughs> we're not ready <laughs> not at all <laughs> but that, that was part of our, our our after five year plan for sure like we we we, we were really good at making it a joke with people yeah, like yeah. Ah, you know we're not don't <laughs> we would like get away from me don't talk yeah. to me about that <laughs> <laughs> You guys are an inspiration, a true success story. And again, I will just say like the most organized married people I've ever heard from. Um, So thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And I guess the final question, like if you could go back in time over the past 10 years, is there anything you do differently? Is there any piece of you that says like, we wish we would have waited or we know we want to be together, but it didn't have to happen then or not? For me, I would say the... Something that I would do different would be in, in the area of finances. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Just you and me both. But, I mean, as far as the relationship is concerned, I I wouldn't change it, to be honest. Mm. Not, and that's not just because I'm sitting right next to him answering. For me, I, I definitely wouldn't change it either. I, you know, we, we understood the the important decision that this was going to be to get married at this young age. We understood that, you know, this was going to be a long-term thing, that it wasn't going to be something that we just walk away from easily. Um, And so I wanted to, I I knew at that moment that the way I wanted to spend my life was with, with Danny at that time and go through life with him, through all the new experiences, having his love and his support right there with me and everything that I was going to be accomplishing at that time. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't change it. So far, so good. <laughs> we'll call you again in 10 more years. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> well, thank you both so much for sharing your story with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for asking us. Yes. <laughs> All right. Bye, All right, guys. Bye. All right. Bye. Take care. Okay, they were so cute. I'm obsessed with them. I'm like, I want to be friends with you slash like in your <laughs> yeah. relationship. You could tell they were so in love. Yeah. Um, oh my God, Emma, I just had a brilliant idea that I wish I would have thought of sooner. We should have had your husband on the podcast. <laughs> we are not young married couple. <laughs> Literally neither of us are in our 20s. <laughs> But I feel like it would be so fun to have Frank on the Cosmo Happy Hour podcast. Well, future episode, we can have old married couples and it'll be me and my husband. (laughs) Okay, great. We can just talk about how our knees hurt. (laughs) Can't wait for that. Um, Emma, is there, even though you are, as you said, an old married couple, is there anything that you learned or took away um, from either the survey or from today's podcast as we share our final thoughts? Yeah, something that was really interesting to me was kind of the disconnect between even like marriage the marriage advice kind of industry Mm. which you know talking um with samantha Mm -hmm. kind of highlighted that you know she is in a place where she's offering kind of like tips tips and Mm -hmm. and tricks and stuff and i think that um I think a lot of that is focused really heavily on the positive, mm. which can be a really good thing. Um, but I think maybe, you know, some of that, like, you know, we get a, a lot of the respondents are saying, you know, we have these we, we have these bad fights, but we're still really happy. Right. And um, I think that's a, a realistic point. Right. That um, people want to vent. 
Yeah, like, like you don't always want to self help it out exactly. And I wonder, um, you know, I don't think that necessarily. Like even Danny and Diana kind of talked a little bit about how, like, yeah, they have problems, and it it was there's been issues, um, but they've been together for ten years and they've been really happy. And I They're don't think so cute. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> age doesn't matter. Yeah, when it comes to love, absolutely, absolutely. Well, Emma, thank you as always for joining us on the podcast. Love having you on, and you do so much great work editing so many great features, including this big marriage survey piece that is up now on Cosmopolitan.com. So people should visit the site all day, every day to see more of your great work. And do you also want to shout out your Twitter handle so people can follow you? Sure, I'm at Emma June, so E M M A, and then June like the month. June like the month. And as always, I am at Elisa Benson. You guys can find me, tweet me, whatever me on Instagram, Snapchat, wherever. I always want to hear about if there are things on your mind that you want to see us dive into on future episodes of the podcast. And as always, thank you for listening to the show and rating it and liking it and sharing it and telling your friends to subscribe, whatever. I really appreciate it so much. And I will see you guys next week. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.